Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Y Football Podcast with me, Echezidoku. Uh, this week we've performed, we're joined, can't get the words out, by Zach Lowe, who is the co-founder and lead writer of BreakingTheLines.com. Big, big fan of theirs and him himself, so it's uh, fantastic to have him on. And he's joining us this week to talk all about the career of Jose Mourinho, how his time at Roma is going, and whether he enter the international scene or whether his best days are past him. So before we start... Please follow us on Twitter at YFootball underscore and subscribe with us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Acast and YouTube. Zach, it's it's taken a lot to actually get you here, not just in terms of messaging, but uh, in terms of connection issues. So um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to be on. And yeah. Good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. So I wanted to do this uh, episode for a while uh, for a variety of reasons. I know we spoke about it before. I think... Um, Mourinho is an incredible manager, has changed, I think, the scope of European football during his time as a coach. But the latter half, I'm talking about Spurs and Man United and maybe as well, potentially Roma have not gone so well. So I thought it'd be a focusing kind of kind of what's next for him or whether he's got more to give in the tank. Because every time you write off a aging manager, you have people like David Moyes who come roaring back, who's having a fantastic job at West Ham. So my first question to you would be, are you surprised by his slow start to life at uh, FC Roma? Uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I think that it's it's almost been a carbon copy of his past few jobs um with well for example i mean you you saw how roma started off the season pretty well uh, getting into the europa conference league you know getting in some decent wins um for like the first few weeks and then i think they lost to um hellas verona i believe mm-hmm. i think that was actually the the loss that kickstarted it for for Igor Tudor side in his first uh, game back and and yeah and then you saw of course losing the Derby della Capitale uh, losing to Juve uh, the horrendous defeat to Bodo Glimt um, losing to Milan and and Venezia so yeah I, I have not been that uh, surprised and 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 to be fair to Mourinho. Um, it was going to be difficult with this Roma team. You know, the, this Roma team does need a lot of work. And I said at the start of the season that, you know, getting into the top four would be a, a very successful season. Uh, would be a successful season for, for Mourinho, given Roma's recent history under likes of Paulo Fonseca. You know, they, they have, uh, they, their, their squad has declined, obviously, in recent years. Um you know, since since that since that since finishing second and getting to the Champions League semifinal, a um, lot of poor moves in the transfer market. But uh, it's also true that no team in Italy spent more, or at least had had a higher uh, net transfer spend than uh, than than the Giallo Rossi with, and that that was really with uh, you know Thiago Pinto. Uh, ex ex Benfica sporting director Thiago Pinto, uh, basically uh, allowing Mourinho to call the shots and working alongside him, you know, bringing in likes of Rui Patricio, Matias Vina, Tammy Abraham, Eldor Shomorodov. Um, uh, I may be missing one or two players, but you know, this is this is a time where 
like pretty much every <laughs> pretty much every Italian side um weakened got got weakened to a degree you know obviously Juventus lost Cristiano Ronaldo uh, Inter Milan losing like Savatra Fakimi, Romelu Lukaku. Um, so to say that Mourinho like hasn't been backed, uh, and and that he's unlucky. I mean, I think that's a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Mourinho one hundred and one. Often he's one. I think managers can be put, split into two categories. Ones which often complain behind the scenes of the small grumblings in terms of not getting the transfers they want. And and Mourinho is probably a bit more vocal and Antonio Conte also springs to mind actually as well. And I know he's mentioned that a few times. So it's, it's interesting to hear your point around, you know, he has actually um, been backed, but the, the squad's actually weaker. So you're not surprised by his start and, and neither am I, to be honest, but... Do you reckon it's going to end in tears for Mourinho or could it be, you know, there is a David Moyes Mark II in him where he actually manages to get into the Champions League and has a successful year? Um, I definitely don't see Mourinho leaving midway through the season. I think that, um, you know, Roma have made a big effort to bring him in. Um, I, I think there's still a strong belief with the Friedkin group ownership as well as Tiago Pinto, that the, this is the right man for the job. Um, and, you know, they are currently just, uh, what, I think they're six right now. Um, so, which which is not, it's not great. It's not bad either. Um, but the, the fact is, I don't think there's any reason to sack him right now. Um, but with that being said, you know, Syria has so many top managers, um, you, you see likes of Luciano Spalletti, Stefano Pioli, um, Simone Inzaghi, Gian Piero Gasperini. I'm a bit worried that if, if, if Mourinho is, is too outdated to compete with these managers, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it, it's people, people say that I hate Mourinho. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I don't hate Mourinho. I think he's one of the greatest managers of all time. Uh, you know, and, and so much off the sport. I think that his work with languages, his work with translation, um, he's been an absolute inspiration to so many people. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I've been in, I've been in Lisbon for the past few weeks. I was speaking to Blessing Lumuemo, uh, the youth coach at Storia Praia, who, who just mentioned me that really Mourinho was, was the reason he, he got into coaching and, and started, you know, following his work. And, and started writing um, and eventually got a job as a story. So he's, he's absolutely been a massive inspiration. I mean, you see um, so many top Portuguese managers, you know, nowadays. I mean, likes of Abel Ferreira, um, Paulo Fonseca, uh, you know, so many top young Portuguese managers. And I, I definitely think that Mourinho's influence uh, has, has played a massive part in that rise. But, you know, the fact is, uh, if players can decline, so too can managers. Um, so I don't, I don't know why it's, why it's controversial to say that Mourinho has declined as manager and why he's, frankly, outdated both in his tactics and his man management. You know, like, I think, like, actually the other week, um, I was with Philip Michael, who's, a, like, a real estate investor I interviewed for Breaking Lines, Rob Harris, the AP reporter. Um, and Martin Braithwaite, 
<laughs> and we were just mm-hmm. like chilling in this hotel hotel lounge um until like 4 a.m and for like i forgot how it, how it happened but like the the conversation turned to Mourinho, and braithwaite was talking about like um he mentioned like you know i feel like it's a different guy you know the guy who i like the the guy who i grew up like idolizing like not like who you know was who used to be like arguably the best manager in football is just like He's like a completely different guy. He's like vanquished, and I I feel like like that's a bit, that's for me that's like a bit similar to uh to my sentiment on Mourinho. You know, I I feel like just there's there's almost no remnant of that. You know, yeah, I, I can I can kind of see that to a degree. I think your point around managers can decline is something I've championed for a long time. I have a hypothesis that. Uh, I believe, and I've put my neck out on this, that very few managers top, once they reach the pinnacle of their game, very few stay at the top for more than a decade. If you do the eye test on quite a lot of managers uh, to varying degrees of success, so, okay, if I picked um, someone like Ancelotti, who has been very successful in his career, I would say that from when he reached his peak, that peak lasted for around 10 to 12 years. Obviously, I know he's managing at Madrid now, but he also was at Everton last season and the season before and Napoli, which is different compared to the previous big Italian size that he managed or Arsene Wenger or a fair few. There's obviously anomalies to that. So you can go and list Sir Alex Ferguson, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp. But it generally with Mourinho, when you look at that period from 2003, 2004, and you add 10 years, 10 years takes us to around the second stint at Chelsea when he had Diego Costa and he had Fabregas and they won the league. Um, Then Eden Hazard was magical. And then you could then compare, so that's 2015-ish time to now. I haven't seen anything to really show me that, okay, there's a renaissance of sorts. There's a comeback. If anything, especially with his time at Spurs where it was like, Harry Kane and Son, you know, working magic and we'll just pray for the best. I haven't seen anything since that's going to show me that the Mourinho of old can still be effective. You use that word as well about his tactics and styles. I haven't really seen anything that says, okay, he can still be effective in the modern game. And the game is always evolving and moving ever so quickly. So you spoke about your adoration for him and like, you know, how good and inspirational he has been. What would you say your peak favorite uh Mourinho side has been is it the Porto side the Chelsea team into Milan even the Real Madrid side when they went head-to-head with Pep if I'm completely honest I um I think I'm too young to remember the Porto side yeah. um I just wasn't I I, w- I would probably say mm, the Real Madrid side was absolutely uh you know, went like that, that 2011, 2012 season, arguably the best counterattacking team ever. Um, I would probably say Inter Milan. A lot of people don't know this, but my fa- my first ever um, football kit purchase was a Mike Home shirt from that hmm. Inter team. Um, I just fell in love with it. It was just so much talent, so many talented players, like some Eto, um, Mike Home, Cambiasso, Schneider, Lucio. Yeah, I absolutely love that team, and I wish he had stayed longer because I think that, well, obviously it's it's very it's impossible to turn down a role like Real Madrid, but I mean, mm. 
I absolutely love that Inter team. And, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite ever uh, Mourinho side. Yeah, fair. Um, I think that's that's the iconic one kind of for me as well because of the Champions League defeating Barca, who at the time were near impossible to defeat, I'd say. They were that exceptional under Pep Guardiola and for them to have done it and win the treble as well, I thought they were... They were really exceptional, and that was that was peak. That was peak Jose. The arrogance, the swagger. He spoke before about him being a different person. I think the what did he say? He said when he when he came back to maybe it was Tottenham or United. He said he was the happy one now. But you know, like I feel like that persona, that whole mm-hmm. I'm the chosen one, has kind of faded. Like that was back when he used to come into press conferences, and like you could either hate him or love him because he was just so in your face but he backed it up and I actually used to I still do but not as much now I used to love listening to his interviews and his articles because he's yeah. so he's got so much knowledge to share as well along with the uh the prickly side to his demeanor with the media um so yeah that's a good choice um Mycon as well is a very good choice I forgot about Mycon. I I don't I don't necessarily think that it's faded but I I do think that like the aura is faded and that he's just mm. not backing his swag, his swagger and confidence up with results. Um, I, I was actually listening to a interview that he did in Portuguese, like like a year ago when Tottenham were like top of the table for a few weeks, um, and and you saw like a bit of that swagger back now that Spurs were, and he was saying something like, um, let's see if I can translate it. <laughs> saying basically like, uh. You know, the, the people of Tottenham are not used to being atop the table, but I'm used to it. And yeah, right. like, uh, you know, possession, like, is this, this story of possession is more for the philosophers of football than for me. Like, you know, you never right. really, like, we lost the game, but we had more possession, you know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I absolutely loved his confidence and swagger in the interviews. Um, I guess he still has that yeah, to um... a degree, but but it like it's faded a bit. It's like it's just hard to take that you know as seriously when when it like you know continues to disappoint. Yeah, you make a good point. I think um, I think the best managers often have very interesting characters i think loads of managers do but when you're right you know if i play a lot of fifa with my friends and i give a lot of chat about fifa with my friends as well and if i keep getting beaten six nil then then the credibility of what i'm saying doesn't really stand up at all i'm not saying obviously marina's getting beaten six nil every week but the sentiment's still there you know there's only so much you need you need to see results you know you need to see that kind of shift um, mm-hmm. and I feel like the, the game is always moving so quickly. There's always new managers, always new ideas that sometimes when you're someone like Mourinho that changed the game, you, you touched on it earlier, that changed the game exceptionally. I've, I've read quite a few books in terms of the tactical periodization that he did. And I remember, cause I was, I was old enough to remember that when Chelsea came to, um, when he came to Chelsea, because I was an Arsenal fan and we had gone unbeaten and I was a kid then. 
and I believed that Arsenal would rule for an eternity. And he really, I think for him to have grappled that title the way they did coming from Porto in itself, I think with 95 points, I believe that they conceded something like 14 goals all season. Like I thought that was an exceptional achievement. And then he carried that on. It wasn't just that. It was year after year after year of just strangulating any opponent that came towards him with any group of players. Um, so yeah, he, he's he's definitely done a lot for football. But um, yeah, I, I do think the point about uh, man management players has definitely changed. I, I've heard a lot of managers, not just Mourinho. Um, I've heard managers like Arsene Wenger talk about it. Pep Guardiola of the hairdryer public treatment of players. I think jury's out on it. Um, you know, when you're talking 2004, 2005, that type of player probably doesn't exist mentally now. I'm not saying that there's a difference mentally in terms of strength or whatever between players of those eras, but they're completely different in terms of how they are, who they are, you know, because of the time that's passed. And I think the Luke Shaw treatment, and I think when they lost in the Europa Conference, he said that he didn't want any of the squad. I, I don't know if that works as much in modern football, but obviously Marina is the expert, um, not myself. Um the, the final question, not one of the final questions, the final one on Mourinho, the main big one is, yeah. can he can he, can he he get back to that level? And I feel like the answer is going to be no, but I think I've alluded to a few times, I said to a few friends uh, that David Moyes, when he took the West Ham job, one guy's a West Ham fan, I said he's never going to do anything for West Ham, West Ham are going to get relegated. Right. Obviously now I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble. And it's like, can Mourinho have that renaissance that uh, someone like Moyes has had? That's a great question. We just uh, p- published a very good article on David Moyes, uh, the, the Moyesian revolution at, at, at West Ham. Um, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I think that Moyes, part of what I think has, has played into his revival is like learning from his failures taking some time away from football. We saw that after his time at Real Sociedad as well as mm-hmm. West Ham, you know, taking some learning from his failures, accepting that and, and perhaps, you know, improving as coach. That's one thing that I think that, um, that, that Mourinho is missing, you know? Mm. And I think that, uh, he, I, yeah, I, I feel like he's a bit too stuck in his ways. I mean, obviously you can never say never. And, uh, you know Jose Mourinho's reputation as a manager is a lot is a lot uh, how do I say this his reputation is a lot more stronger than his managerial ability right now so mm-hmm. you want to keep getting jobs um, but maybe it's not you know always the wise decision to accept that job you know maybe maybe you take a step away maybe you decide to I don't know go into international or go to a smaller job with you know where you would have you know less funds but more authority i think that would be something that that i'd like to see um but in general i mean you're talking about that you know hairdryer treatment you know like that's that's another thing where i feel like um is just another reason why Mourinho is is so outdated as a manager i mean we saw that after the bodo glimp game right just like hanging out guys like um uh, you know, Brian Reynolds, um, uh, trying to see what else, Borja Mayoral, I think was another one, mm-hmm. um, Marash Kumbula, and it's like, 
okay, sure. They 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 didn't play great, but like you know, they're they're still members of your squad, and you're gonna need them. Okay, so I, I don't get what the 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 end product of hanging those guys out to dry. To be honest with you, especially when they barely play. Like they're playing Europa Conference League, which obviously isn't as as, as important as Serie A. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the things that you know about Mourinho. He, the lack of accountability. He takes so little accountability. He either blames the journalists, he either blames the refs, he either blames his bench players. You know, he never blames himself. Um, mm. So, like, <laughs> I'm sure that. You know, if if Mourinho put as much effort into changing his ways and like looking into the mirror and seeing how he can improve, as as his you know brainless Twitter soldiers do into defending his reputation and like you know spamming people's timelines like, oh man, this this guy's the greatest guy to ever live. How dare you criticize Mourinho? Mm. Like he might actually be doing well at Roma. He isn't right now. Okay. Um, and like you know, the lack of accountability—that's that's that's just the biggest thing for me. I mean, you know, complaining after I think it was the draw against Bodo Glimt—I'm not too sure—but like saying that um, that that the squad of Roma is not better than last year, and like Bruno Perez and Juan Jesus like are are needed. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Mm. Bruno Perez and Juan Jesus, like. Two, with all due respect, two, you know, incredibly average um, players. Juan Jesus is a backup at Napoli. Bruno Perez, like, I guess he's playing regularly at Trabzonspor. I don't know. I don't follow the Turkish league. Um, like, two players who did really did very little at Roma, to be honest. And, like, okay, if you if you thought they were worth keeping, you could have literally told them, told the Roma upper management, renew these guys contracts you know so i mean once again um Mourinho blaming everybody except for himself um you know could have easily kept those two guys but frankly bruno perez and juan jesus are not preventing roma from getting into the top four yeah um I'm laughing because, yeah, it doesn't surprise that they'd have those comments. And I think accountability is a big thing. There's also that element, right, with managers where I feel like you never fully know the truth. Like, you, you would have thought Mourinho would have some form of accountability, but via the press, you don't see that. You, you don't really see even potential change in terms of the way his teams are. Um, Tottenham were quite devoid of a sp- specific style. United would drab. Um, Roma, I've only caught glimpses of Roma, haven't looked great. And it's just a case of like, what is it that you're you're trying to do? Um, you know, as you mentioned before about managers improving and adapting and that hypothesis I threw at you before and managers only lasting roughly a decade. I think Sir Alex Ferguson is testament to that because the adaptability was always there. He was constantly adapting and changing from coaching in the 80s all the way to the 2000s. And Mourinho, I don't quite see that. Um, maybe it does exist behind the scenes. I know he changed his coaching staff a lot when he came to Tottenham. That was meant to be a thing, but yeah, I haven't seen that so far. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if we'll be seeing that renaissance. And I will check out that um, Moise article because I'm a big fan of you guys. Um, but yeah, one of the another questions I have as well is 
Yeah. I get a lot of questions about the quality of uh, obviously of Nigerian, which I've alluded to a few times about my guy. Uh, if I could ever meet him, uh, it, it'd be great. But unfortunately, kind is Victor Onishem. Um, I know he's turning up the Syria this season, and he's a big, big hope for me as a Nigerian fan for the World Cup. But how how good has he been this season? Yeah, I've been following Oshiman for quite a while. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that he is really reaching uh, or approaching a world-class level. I mean, absolutely so effective. You saw that in Nigeria's, um, in Nigeria's previous match um, against, I think it was Liberia, right? Mm. Yeah, correct. Two, two goals, two penalties. Um, and... <laughs> had a pretty darn good performance. Um pretty, pretty good performance as well um to, today against Cap Verde. Um so I, I, I've always thought that he was that he was going to be really big um as a player. I think he's he's constantly improving under Luciano Spalletti. See that with his hold up play, with his uh quickness so lethal. Um and I, I think that um, I, I think that he's is showing, in my opinion, that that he's uh, the best striker in Syria. I think it's probably right now. It's, it's I'd probably say it's between him and Dusan Vlahovic. I personally like Oshiman's game more, but uh, but yeah, he, he's absolutely massive. I've been talking about him since his time in Belgium. Um, and I think he has really everything it takes to be a world-class player. Good, because, um, yeah, I've mentioned in quite a few of my group chats and no one has any time to listen to me. I think I started singing the praise, singing the praises of uh, Alex Awobi, who I still do like as a player, but unfortunately, because he hasn't done as well at Everton, people are unwilling to listen on uh, my guy, Victor. Uh, so thanks, thanks for sharing some light on that. So when we're talking about, um, we'll switch back to Marino. So obviously we discussed, obviously his career, his ups and downs. You know whether he'll get back to that level. I kind of want to touch on obviously Portugal going into the playoffs. And do you think that's something which we could? See? I know that obviously it's middle of the season. Do we? Do you think international ball would be next? Next for Jose? I kind of feel like. There are a lot of managers that are, the international manager scene isn't, I wouldn't say, as strong as the club level scene. Obviously, for a variety of reasons, managers are always deemed as addicts. Therefore, they want to be doing the day to day. I look at Gareth Southgate, love Gareth Southgate, won't criticize him that much. But in terms of caliber of manager, I wouldn't say he would be anywhere near the top. Uh, probably all of the coaches in the Premier League. That's, that might sound harsh, but that's kind of how I'd view it from his limited time at coaching. Could you see Mourinho taking over the Portuguese job if it if it doesn't go well for Portugal in the playoffs? I really hope not. Um, oh, okay, fine. But, look, I mean, I, I think that uh, international management is something that Mourinho should consider. Um, I think that his tactics would probably work better in international football than club football. You know, international football, I think there's a greater emphasis on keeping things tight at the back, um, having a decent organization, and uh, and and obviously, you know, with with the man management aspect, you know, with you, you if you're Mourinho, 
you know, you don't have to necessarily like call out players publicly, even though he probably would. Um, yeah. you, you can just not call them up next month, you know? Mm. So that that's one aspect. Um, and I do think that it's, it's a possibility for, for him. Uh, I am, I am, I, I'm not sure if he has the humility for it though, to, to step down from club football. And I think that many would consider it a step down um, and, and, you know, throw his hat into the ring for international football. I'm not sure. I think his ego might be too high for it. Um, so I, I do, but, but, but as far as whether it's the right move for him, I, I definitely do think that it's something he should consider. I just hope and pray that he goes nowhere near the Portugal job. Um, you know, <laughs> Portugal needs a manager who is attack minded, who's willing to change things up, who's, who's, who's capable of working with young players and, 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 you know, finding the right system for me, none of those requirements are, <laughs> I, I just feel like Mourinho couldn't be a worse uh, option. I, I would honestly rather like, I'm not going to say I'd rather have like another year of Fernando Santos over Mourinho, but, but it's pretty close to be honest with you. I mean, people, people like, I, I, I think that people, uh, when when talking about Mourinho, they think too much about his previous achievements and what he's actually doing right now. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Frankly, I can name at least five Portuguese managers who would be better fits for the Portugal job than Jose Mourinho. Um, and you know, that's not me being a hater. That's just me being uh, just just you know realistic and truthful. I don't see how you can look at what Fernando Santos has done over the past three years and think, you know what, you know what Portugal need? Jose Mourinho. Like that is just, for me, that is just like picking the biggest name out of the bunch and like just thinking, you know, that that's it, you know? So yeah. I, I would, I, I, like I said, I hope and pray every single day that, that it's not going to happen. Um, one of the guys I went to the Portugal Serbia game with uh, Matthew Marshall, um, he, he had, as, he is telling me that that he thinks that the Portuguese Federation will appoint that appoint him um, after Santos. Me personally, I don't think it will happen. But uh, like I said, anything can happen in football. Yeah, that is very true. And it, what the question I was alluding to, but you you kind of half answered it, is who's in, who's in your shopping list then for the Portuguese manager job? It sounds as if you've uh, given it some time and thought. Look. I, Ruben Amorim and Sergio Conceição, I think, uh, I don't think either of those guys would leave their position um, as as manager of Sporting and Porto, respectively. So, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think either of those are options. Um, there, I do think there are some, some league managers in the league that would probably leave it. Um such as guys like Carlos Carvalhal or João Pedro Souza. Um, so, in in terms of in terms of managers, I'm thinking. I mean, Luis Castro, I think is one. Um, yeah, Luis Castro, I think is. I I believe he's without a club right now. Um, Rui George, I think is is one as well. Um, who is is currently the Portugal 
U21 manager and has done pretty darn well. Um, <coughs> Vitor Pereira, I think, is there, – there are reports that he's um, that he's set to leave his job at Fenerbach, so I, I'm not sure if, if that's true. But, you know, he's, he's somebody who's definitely an option. Um, I actually got to speak, I actually got to speak to Andre Villas-Boas, um, a few weeks ago in an exclusive breaking lines interview. And he did tell me off the record that, um, he, he told me that for, for the interview that, that, um, that he would, that he definitely sees himself coaching in an international team one day. So yeah. I, I think that ABB is an option. Um, Leonardo Jardim, I think is one, you know, who's, I don't think Jardim is coaching right now. He, he may be coaching a Qatari team. I'm not sure. But, uh, um, or no, he's currently coaching a Saudi team. Okay. But there, there are there are a lot of options. Okay. Um, Luis Castro, uh, Villas-Boas. You know, there, there, are, there are a lot of options, I think. Um, maybe even like Abel Fajeda, if he leaves his job. As, as Paul Meirish manager, you know, managers in Brazil, like, really only only spend so long at, yeah. at one club. Um, Paulo Fonseca, currently unavailable. Um, and, you know, even, like, George Jesus, I, I don't, I would not, he would not be at the top of my list, but, um, but he he's another option if, if he does... You know, I I think there's a good chance if Benfica go trophy list this season like they did last season, there's probably a good chance that he leaves. So, hmm. um, you know, there are plenty of options. I'm not 100% sure, like, who would be my number one option, to be honest with you. And that is one thing where, like, when I talk to Portuguese people, Portuguese people who, like, who, who justify why they think Fernando Santos should stay, they say, like, oh, there's no, like, real one option. And, like, okay, there, there's maybe no real, like, clear-cut, like, oh, my God, this is guy, this guy is, like, the only guy you need to consider, you know? Um, like, fair enough, okay? There's, there's no option that's, like, necessarily better than the others, you know? Um, but there are a lot of options. So, I mean, to say that, like, <laughs> Portugal should stick with Santos because there's no one option. Like, for me, that's, that's absolutely, that is such lazy thinking. There are plenty of options. There are plenty of Portuguese managers who I'm sure would accept that job. Um, I don't think Santos. Stay, I don't think Santos leaves before the playoff. Unfortunately, I, I think it would be definitely an ideal time to get in a new manager, considering the break. But uh, you know, with that being said, I, I can see the point that that maybe some coach thinking that uh, look, if if Portugal lose in the playoffs, then I'm going to be sacked. You know, I can definitely see that point, but um, I think that if it was up for me, I, I would try to find a replacement who would take on that challenge. Um, I, I frankly just don't see any point in keeping Santos in charge um, because even if Portugal do make it into the World Cup, which is hardly a gimme, um, you know what they're going to do. <laughs> Anybody who's watched them for the past three years knows what they're going to do. Yeah, I, yeah. It's an it's a, 
it was a long list, a long list without uh, your favorite item selected. And I think uh kind of shows, I think international management is actually quite hard to really definitively say who should take over. I know that uh, Flick was kind of shoehorned for the Germany job, but it's not often that clear cut, you know. I think England, for example, scrambled around after the Allardyce issue. We're like, okay, hey, let's give it to Southgate. Oh, he's actually not too bad. It's gone really well. Obviously, Deschamps has been in the French job for a very long time, but international ball's got it's, it's got like a different set of requirements, you know, kind yeah. of like because club ball is like very much about the board and the philosophy they want to do, but international ball is kind of different because you need to analyze okay, who's coming through. There are players that get international caps at all sorts of ages. Different managers you select will select different players. You know, have you got a really good youth team that's coming through? Are you going to stick to your golden generation? Are you a Belgian where you got all these stars and you're like, okay, we need someone kind of now that's going to gel them all together. And it's kind of a, a weird process because you're right. You mentioned with the two, some of the Portugal guests, uh, guest candidates, would they leave their club jobs? You know, you've got this long shopping list, but the five, the top five items are all sold out, so to speak. So it's a tricky one to kind of navigate. But, um, I think we'll kind of end it on there, Zach. So I have to really appreciate you coming on. As I said, um, if you guys haven't been on um, Breaking the Lines and check them out uh, on Twitter as well, they're, they're very, very active. I'm a big fan of theirs and keep the Nigeria articles coming as well. Uh, and any and any positive Arsenal articles, any negative ones, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from because it made me a bit too sad. And to be honest, a negative Arsenal article is always around the corner because we, we like to throw up some terrible performances. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you for that. And um, yeah, uh, I'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>